This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora Sam My name's Sam, and I'm the Mayor of Selwyn District. People from all over Aotearoa New Zealand and the world have chosen to call Waikirikiri Selwyn their home. From the first settlers around Te Wahora Lake Ellesmere over 700 years ago, followed by the first wave of Pakeha settlers in the mid-1800s, to the newcomers of today. Each person, each face, each voice has a new story to tell. By listening to the Faces of Selwyn podcast, you'll hear the voices and stories behind these faces and celebrate with us the diversity of our district, New Zealand's fastest growing region. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Kia ora koutou. Hello everyone. No mai, hara mai. Welcome to the Faces of Selwyn podcast. My name is Hayley Tate, and today I am here with Hafsa. Uh, so Hafsa, what's hello in your national language? Kia ora Hayley. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Um, so I come originally from India. So India is very diverse, so we have more than 20 different languages spoken across the nation. So if I were to say hello in one specific language, which is kind of the common language across all of India, is Hindi. So we say namaste. Namaste. Yes. Now I'd love for you to share a bit about yourself, what you do for work, your family, and how you are involved in the community. Right. So um, about myself, I came to New Zealand right up straight to Christchurch on a winter's morning from 35 degrees to average 11 degrees here oh, wow. <laughs> in Christchurch. So it was a bit of a shock to the body. <laughs> and I came here to do my PhD at Lincoln University in back in 2007. And since then, I have uh, worked for a different organizations across and currently I am working as a lecturer at Lincoln University and yeah I do quite a bit of volunteer work across different organizations and in my family I've got my husband and two kids a boy and a girl and that's keep that's what keeps us busy. Fascinating so then how did you settle in Salem when you first moved here? So the first time uh, I came, we came to Christchurch. So we lived pretty much in Christchurch most of uh, most of the time we've been here. So we moved to Selwyn two years ago when we bought a house there in one of the subdivisions. But I think what what um, what my connection with Selwyn was even before that because I came to study at Lincoln University. So ever since I came to New Zealand, I have been traveling to Selwyn from Christchurch when I was doing my PhD. So that's what has connected me to Selwyn. And then that translated into um, us deciding to move to Selwyn. And so was that the main reason why you chose to live in Selwyn or why did you choose to move there? So one of the reasons we liked Selwyn, were particularly Lincoln, was because the university was there. Mm-hmm. And now because I work for the university, it's quite handy. <laughs> but there's something about Lincoln that is very, um, that reminds us of our home mm-hmm. back in India. So the city I grew up in, Hyderabad, was a very, um, it, was, it, it wasn't very urban when I was growing up. So it was very, um, it was a mix of an urban and a rural kind of an area. So within 
30 minutes of leaving the city, we could be hitting farms and seeing a lot of farms. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I loved about Lincoln, that, you know, you could drive out of Christchurch and just be in Lincoln and you'd be surrounded by farms. And, you know, the most popular thing for me was, or the most, um, the thing I loved the most was just see, just seeing a lot of sheep mm-hmm. and horses in the paddocks that you, you know, when you cross from Lincoln, from Christchurch to Lincoln, you see a lot of that. So that is what I loved. And, of course, seeing Auraki right up in the background mm-hmm. when you're driving, it's a it's an amazing view. So if I want to rejuvenate myself, driving through that site was always nice. And of course, it's beautiful now with all the snow and everything there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had um, snow in Springfield and Sheffield recently yes. over the weekend. Yeah. We missed it, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you like about living in Selwyn? I think for the kids, the uh, so when we lived in Christchurch, we lived in one of the busiest streets in Christchurch, so Ferry Road. Uh, and yeah. having lived on Ferry Road just when the earthquakes hit and mm. continuing to live on that street, it was like every truck and every bus that passed, we would be like, oh, my God, is this an earthquake? <laughs> and then we sort of moved to Rickerton. And again, when we moved to Rickerton, we moved to one of the busiest streets, which was Mandeville Street, just off Rickerton Road. Yeah. So we we were we were in this zone where it was constantly busy, and when we moved to Lincoln, we hardly saw people. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that kind of reminded us that it, how nice it is to live in a peaceful uh, and a quieter suburb, mm-hmm. and that that's possibly the most important thing that matters to our family. And mm. just having that nice and calm and peaceful environment. And the other thing I like about being in Selwyn is that it's easy for the kids to move around. You know, they can just get up on their scooters or their bikes and go. And having uh, the the libraries and the event center closer makes it even more easier for them to go around if they want to. Mm-hmm. And just going out on a walk and the neighbors are amazing. Mm. So, yeah. How are they amazing? Of, you know, just having that casual conversations through to when you're not in town, just letting them know, hey, we're going away. Could you just watch over our house? Or I think in summer it was when we were away for a bit, we said, could you water our garden? Mm. Just turn on the uh, watering system. And that's, you know, they were just happy to do that, Mm. which is, um, yeah, I feel that often we do not have that much of an interaction with our neighbors. Mm-hmm. But we try and keep that up. And sometimes it's even sharing meals mm-hmm. that because we uh, we cook food often uh, for uh, in larger quantities because we go around uh, doing these events with the community. And we always make sure we share the food with our neighbors. And it's just a nice feeling to do that. Mm, definitely. Now, I heard you have your own podcast here on Plains FM. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. So my podcast with Plains FM is Open Table. It's a, it's a podcast which came about after the terrorist attack of 15th of March. The idea with my podcast was that I would get people from different faiths to come and sit together and have a conversation about things, about topics that were probably not spoken about. So I think we've had conversations on what is the role of faith in society? What is um, 
how our freedom of how is freedom of speech how does that matter parenting i think we've covered quite a diverse range of topics i don't remember all of them mm-hmm. but it's 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 been a good show in terms of us trying to build real bridges with uh with across faiths it's just about understanding that we all have different viewpoints but we can often agree on a common ground when we have these conversations and one of the most important thing that i have learned in every conversation has been that at the end of the conversation we sort of almost agree on the core principles around what it is that particular topic is like going back to let's say parenting where we talked about what is it about parenting what is good parenting look like even though we we had it from faith perspectives the discussion was kind of tending towards about the whole idea that we need to be more present for our children mm-hmm. so those are the kind of things we leave the conversations with and it's been a great learning journey just for me as well mm-hmm. around knowing what different faiths have so i have had on the show people from christian faith so Meth- the methodist church the church of latter day jesus christ sorry the church of jesus christ of Yeah, uh, Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Saints. Yeah. And I've had the Anglican Church come on and we've had someone from the Buddhist Council come along a couple of times and who else? Yeah, and then we always make sure we've got someone from the Muslim community as well on the show. I've also interviewed on the show uh there was one show last year when we had the lockdown which we dedicated just to well-being. mental health and well-being and there were these three amazing women i had on the show who talked about how to take care of your own well-being mm-hmm. and yeah i think what the other one that i probably i loved more was the unity sign which was built by uh, simon johnston mm-hmm. so i spoke with her and it was an, again a very beautiful conversation about why she built that sign the unity sign which is now at the canterbury museum Mm. So yeah, that's about my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and how has the podcast experience been like for you? I I've loved the experience because I have been talking to so many people. It's just encouraged me to do more podcasts. <laughs> so I do two different podcasts with with my university as an academic. But just the idea that when I talk to people I get this what's referred to as psychological richness where when I'm talking to different people I get a different viewpoint which maybe I've never thought of mm. and that is just amazing because then you start to look at it and go oh I've never thought of it that way and when that person is talking you you get to understand a, an angle to a certain topic which you've never thought of which gives you a Yeah it adds to your whole uh, understanding of a particular idea or a concept and that's been really um a good journey for me and yeah and I I can't tell you how how I feel because it's been so amazing mm. I can't put it into words So you talk to people from various religious backgrounds um what is your personal background with religion and what has your experience been like here in Christchurch or in Selwyn in New Zealand? Right. So um, I I I'm from the Muslim community. So mm. I am um a Muslim and I was born into a Muslim family so I've been brought up as a Muslim. But um you know when you're born into a religion you don't understand it so much. 
So for for me, when I came to New Zealand, I kind of uh, refound myself because I began to understand my religion more. And that's why uh, New Zealand, Christchurch in New Zealand, particularly, you know, and, and the whole idea of coming to New Zealand has been that reflection experience. And I think when... When I when we move when we when I would travel to Selwyn pretty much every day for my uni, I'd get that time to reflect, and that has a kind of strengthened me in my uh, faith. So that is one of my values. It is uh, my faith, and my experience in New Zealand or in general across has been very good. Like you know, I've, I've had uh, employers who have been very accommodating to uh, to my faith. Mm. You know, particularly when I was working at the regional council here, Environment Canterbury, and my first day of starting there, it was the month of Ramadan. Oh. And because we are fasting, my manager at that time and the team, actually even the team, decided that because they normally would do a morning tea for new staff. So they said, you know, because it's we understand it's Ramadan, can we uh, ask you when is a good time to do that? So just that little gesture of being asked makes made me feel very special. Mm. And, you know, and not every employer does that. Mm. Mm. And for them to do that, and this is going back 2014. Yeah, you know, this wow. is, yeah, yeah. This is like <laughs> way before any of the media started covering mm. what life is like to be like a Muslim. So for me, that was very special. Yeah, that's so lovely. Because mm. I assume you wouldn't get that same reception maybe in a different country or elsewhere. Yeah, that is true. Because I, And that's what I feel that is so good about New Zealand and the people of New Zealand in general, that they are very uh, humble. Mm. They, they understand that. And possibly it's the farming backgrounds. I don't know. But their connections uh, around, uh, I think they understand what humanity is about, mm. which is great. I also heard that you're a part of a community trust group. Could you tell us about that? Sure. So um, we run a charity called the Lady Khadija Charitable Trust, and this has been operating since 2016. So we have been working on different projects. When we started our trust, the idea was that New Zealand's got the, the highest number of per capita charities, so when we started the trust, our idea was we just act as a connector between charities who need help and char- and anybody who could provide help. So it was more about that. So we would go around doing volunteering work. We would get a group of volunteers together to go and work, uh, do some volunteering with the Blind Foundation or do- create a donation for Age Concern Canterbury or um, I think the other ones we've done... Uh, we we got really involved in the group which provided meals to the homeless here in Christchurch after the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. So that was a regular event which we did monthly, where we went and did uh, a meal for the homeless. So, and and that was the whole intention around our charity. And since then, we have been working on different projects. Uh, after the attack of fifteenth of March, we have shifted our focus to social cohesion. So we do quite a few projects and Open Table, the podcast I, I talked about, is part of that work, of that portfolio of work we are doing around social cohesion. So we've been also doing projects like the Giving Seeds of Love project. So people who are listening to us can go and Google this up. 
So that is again a project which was started by Rebecca Panam and it was the idea that she wanted to talk about diversity by using wildflowers as a mechanism. So she wanted to say that, you know, as nature has got diversity, diversity is important to the whole ecosystem of life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is the idea around our trust. So we've been working on those kind of projects and we have quite a few other in the pipeline. But, yeah, that'll dig. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> they'll sometime. come up soon. <laughs> yeah, they will. They will. And what do you enjoy about it? For me, it's about grassroots level. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we can influence change and make uh, and and kind of uh, allow people to have that reflection, go through that reflection. So even with the podcast, it's not up in their front, uh, in their face, telling yeah. them this is what you need to do. It's a conversation so they can listen to it and do that reflection on their own. Mm -hmm. Even with giving Seeds of Love, the workshops that Rebecca was doing uh, – you know, we partnered with her to get those going. The idea was that she'd do the workshops, but the workshops would allow people to have conversations around while we were talking about wildflowers. We were talking about how diversity is important. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the kind of stuff I enjoy, that we are actually influencing change at that grassroots levels mm -hmm. rather than trying to impose things on people. Which yeah. never works. I mean, that's the best way to sort of go about it. Yes. Mm. Mm. Are any of the projects in Selwyn at the moment? So we currently have uh, a project happening where we are capturing stories of immigrants. And that's, of course, uh, Selwyn, WIMAC and Christchurch. So that we do have a few pro uh, you know, a few people from Selwyn in there. Mm. So I won't take, tell too much because okay. it's still <laughs> work in progress. Yeah. Sounds very exciting, though. Yes, it it has been one of the I think one of the the most fulfilling projects in the sense mm. that it has made us realize that everyone who comes has got a different story, mm. and every story is beautiful. Mm. Mm. I think that's very relevant to the Faces of Selwyn podcast that, um, and project that we've been doing. Mm. You know, telling stories of migrants and how they came to Selwyn and their journey. Mm. And so, describe your typical day in Selwyn and how your day was different in India? So um, I'll first say what my day in India was, and then yeah. possibly it's easier to compare. So yeah. my day in India, because we were um, in a city with a population of, at this point in time, it's 11 million. So just a city with a population of 11 million, you can imagine, compared to the entire population of New Zealand of 5 million. Yeah. <laughs> So our typical day would be uh, when we were at school, waking up quite early because we had to get to school. Uh, and because we were, we, and normally in India, you'd expect like even the middle class parents would send their children to private schools because the government schools aren't that great at the end of the day. So when you are going to a private school, you do have to commute a lot. So we'd spend one, one and a half hour traveling to school in the school bus because, you know, and then you have to pick up everyone. So that would take yeah. up quite a lot of time. And then going forward when I was studying my engineering, again, the same thing because of the traffic. You leave maybe two hours before of where you want to get to on time. And once you do that, you are possibly there pretty much your whole day because you don't want to come back home before the traffic kind of dies down a little bit, which is usually 
quite unusual for us. The traffic would be the less traffic hours would be between four and six, and then six o'clock is when it gets really high peak because everyone's going back from work, etc. And and yeah, and and on other days we would be out shopping. And one of the most important thing that that I um, that is different to what would be here is so. Here, everything closes at five, except for Wickedon Mall. You know, that's open till late on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. <laughs> but in India, our life begins after around six o'clock. So we have a lot of night life there. We have a lot of shopping we can do even after six o'clock. So, you know, that was what we would do, like festival time. That's the time we'd be out doing shopping. We'd come back really late home. And yeah, that that's how that would go. But over here, I think in Selwyn, it's a peaceful and a quieter start to the day where mm-hmm. you're not rushing through stuff. Yeah, you sometimes have to if you got to get to different parts of the town. Yeah. But other than that, I feel that it's so much more peaceful in the way I start off my day here. And even for the kids, it's a different experience altogether mm-hmm. because they, uh, you know, we get stuck in traffic here for five minutes and it's like, oh, we're stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you should see what it's like in India, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> so my kids have had experiences where they've been stuck in traffic for an hour and haven't moved. Wow. And they're like, uh, so when they complain here, I just tell them, yeah, you remember the experience there? <laughs> But, um, and over here, I think the other thing would be that uh, I think winter night, winter mornings are the hardest to wake up. So we've never experienced when we were in India anything close to this winter. Mm -hmm. Our winters, the minimum would be 15 degrees, you know, and that's like, you know, a week of that. And then we start off hitting 20 degrees and over. Mm. So this is, winter is probably the hardest time of the year to try and get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure it's possibly the case for many. Yeah. <laughs> Even I would agree with that. And, and I'm kind of used to the winters here. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's kind of how it would be different. Mm-hmm. I think the, sh- the, the shopping and the nightlife is probably the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've you started to see more of that happening across town these days. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I would trade one for the other. If, mm. if we would look at it that way. So you don't miss it too much? Or? I miss it at times when I'm homesick, and mm. you know, especially when it's festival time. Yeah. You would miss the whole experience of uh, festivities because mm. for us, our festivals fall at different times. Yeah. And, uh, because we are from the Muslim faith, our festivals are just after Ramadan, and we had one 20 days ago. So those are the times when our festivities are. And that's when our cities are lit up. So it's like the whole city is is lit up to celebrate the festival. And we miss that. And that's the time when we feel, oh. But there are times when we go, oh, thank God we are here because mm. <laughs> it's maybe summer, because summer is like very hot there. You're hitting 40, 45 degrees. Mm. You're like, ah, oh, thank God we're here. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more tolerable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for your time today. I really enjoyed learning about your journey to Selwyn and how you're involved in the community and what you've been up to. It's a pleasure. Now, my last question for you today is how do you say goodbye or farewell in your national language? Oh, we don't have a a different greeting 
to say in in the national language. So we'll just say Namaste again. But if I would, if you were to ask me religiously, because we have again a difference. So religiously, we will say God be with you. So Khuda Hafiz is what we would say. Khuda Hafiz. Yes. So that's what we would say in our, uh, you know, our religion. It's very cool. <laughs> Um, so that's all for today. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in uh, and I hope you all have a great day. Kia pai teira.